I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. My guest is Ebony Wall, who wants you to take a break and create. As the VP of Global Strategy and Innovation for the Produce Marketing Association, a trade association for the global produce and floral industry, she's led PMA's Innovation Conversations, inviting all staff to get out of their ruts and out of their own way. I love that. With 23 years at PMA and also a CAE and an MBA, she has the business and association left brain cred you'd expect. But today, we're tapping her right brain and how she gets colleagues to tap theirs. Welcome, Ebony. Thank you. Mary. Happy to be here. So let's start with the innovation process. I know that PMA has an identified, articulated process. How does that help PMA overall? Essentially, having an established process that's woven throughout the organization, it allows staff to know that we want to hear their ideas. It it encourages them to share things that'll help our membership. Um, We have two buckets, our membership or our internal operations and culture. Um, We wanna hear them throughout every level within the organization. Um, And it also encourages staff to understand that in order to try new things, you're going to have to fail. And failure is a great part of the innovation process. Um, Most importantly, learning from the failures and, and making tweaks and and uh, making adjustments based on what you learned. Failure isn't always comfortable. And I I think especially in the association space, we're not used to just accepting that as part of innovation. So that's a key point that I want to emphasize. I'm curious, have you always had an innovation process or is that a little newer? It's fairly new. Um, we restructured after having a, um, a strategic plan that that supported it, basically. And from that came a specific position for strategy and innovation. Okay. Maybe four and, years ago that was. Okay. And what are some of the innovation wins that you've had? So there have been a few, um, quite a few. We sparked the initiative four years ago with an activity we called Notes Day. So we gathered all of the 70 or so staff for a full day. And we said, what are your ideas that can help our members grow or help our culture and our internal processes? We got about 200 ideas um, from that activity. Yes, that's what we said when we were typing them all up. Holy moly. Um, So we broke those out into 10 big projects uh, and let staff pick which ones they were interested in and participating in. And so for a day, we had offsite meetings, uh, PMA paid for lunch, and they just dug into those different member needs or association needs and came up with a recommendation um, to solve it. And so um, from those, we got a, a couple good wins, but we also had maybe 20 or 30 low-hanging fruit wins, like we can be more uh, green, we should turn off our lights, you know, after we leave the building and turn off our computers, or we need a Zen space, um, or things like that. But um, some of the biggest ones that came from that process early on was we created a space or basically built an innovation welcoming culture. Um, So staff knew we were serious about it. Uh, So everything from, they said, we don't have time to think creatively. You know, we're in meetings a lot. So we said, okay, from now on, Mondays are no no meeting Mondays. So across the association, 
every staffer, it is blocked, no meetings Monday. And when someone, you know, schedules a meeting, staff has the ability uh, to say, no, thanks. Let's do that on Tuesday or, you know, some other day. Um, so things like that, um, or we don't feel that people appreciate the idea. So we have fist bump Fridays. So in teams, every Friday, staff just start saying thank you for the ideas that you've shared and things like that. Um, so those are the internal on the external Two of our biggest wins, um, one came from the pandemic, and it is our virtual town hall series. Um, so at that time, we said, how about let's do a virtual town hall every single Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern time? We're a global association, so we wanted to make sure as many of our members could participate as possible. Um, but from that series, that's been every single uh, Wednesday, we attract anywhere from 200 to 1,000 of our members each week. Um, we have sponsors for each and every one of those um, almost every week. And we've also just recently won two awards um, for our virtual town hall series. So we're super proud of that. Um, another smaller win, but we saw that hundreds of our uh, potential members were going out to our website and clicking the membership um, application, but weren't doing anything with it. So um, it was an expensive fix that was a possibility that which we weren't ready to tap into. So we came up with an inquiry form. Um, so anytime a member goes in something or a potential member, something goes to our staff um, saying someone's interested in this. And we've converted over 130 of those into new members. So super excited about that one, too. Your virtual town hall, many associations were drawing large numbers because of the pandemic. It sounds like you're still drawing numbers, even though we're hopefully closer to the end of the pandemic than we were to the beginning. Is that the case? It depends on the topic. Um, we've learned if you have your, your big buyers as your talent that you have on the town hall. So in our case, retailers and food service operators, um, you're going to get more um, attendees. Uh, food safety is another very important um, focus area for our members. So we'll have some more attendance there. Um, but for the most part, we can get anywhere from 200 to 400 members since the, the pandemic. The first year we were doing it, we were uh, much higher when, when there weren't face-to-face -face events that people could take advantage of. Still, that number is impressive and the regularity with which you're doing it is impressive as well. I understand you have both an internal and an external process. What's the difference between the two? So they're very similar in that you have to identify a need and there's a target and you, you come up with different options that can meet the need. Um, the biggest difference between the two would be for the external process, we're going to invest a lot more time and more money into that process. Um, we're going to bring in lots of stakeholders, you know, members, potential targets for the product and things like that. You're going to price it and benchmark it and things like that, um, which we don't necessarily do with our internal ideas like, you know, we need a Zen lounge or, or things like that. So I would say very similar, just with some tweaks on how you do it. Okay. What obstacles are inherent when it comes to associations and innovation from your standpoint? I don't know if it's just for associations. It's probably organizations in general. But um, as I mentioned in the beginning, time is one of the biggest obstacles. I don't know anyone with a whole bunch of spare time, um, but innovation takes time to sit and think, you know, what are the needs? How can we do it differently um, than others are doing it? 
um, having talent who's willing to, you know, have those ideas and share them with you and, and being uh, willing, willing to take a risk and possibly fail. Uh, so having the right talent is important. And then there's also the budget, you know, these things cost money. Um, so you have to be able to uh, set that aside or prioritize that budget so that you can innovate. Does PMA have an innovation fund? Is it a line item in your budget or do you seek approval when you have an idea that you'd like to pursue? How does that work? All of the above. So for internal innovation center, I have a budget um, that I manage that we have to encourage staff to submit new ideas and celebrate wins and things like that. Um, I also have a budget to travel to go and find ideas outside of our industry and bring them back to the organization so that we can enhance our events or our other products and services um, based on the things that I see. And then if there is a big external project, we will have a budget set aside for that um, on a case-by-case basis. We don't necessarily have something every year, but when we know that we're focused on, you know, what's a big, big win we can try for, we will budget for it. You mentioned that you travel, and I love that, getting out of the the day-to-day, getting out of your regular space, your regular routine. I think uh, um, years ago, Jim Cathcart, who's a speaker, said to know more, K-N-O-W, notice more, N-O-T-I-C-E, to know more, notice more. And I think getting out of our regular space and our regular routine is a huge, huge piece of that. So I'm curious, when you travel, are you traveling to other association events or are you just traveling to for-profit events or uh, member events to collect ideas? So I don't traditionally go to member events. It's um, normally outside of our industry, more in culture type opportunities. So South by Southwest is a huge um, way that we can gather ideas. We actually bring some of our members out there with us and just learn. And then, and we share that we have an annual event in October and through our state of the industry, we'll share some of the takeaways from South by Southwest or CES um, or Art Basel. Even Um, we've gone there and and brought some takeaways back. Cool. Love that. I'd like to just do that full time. (laughs) (laughs) How can association professionals help get the board on board when it comes to innovation. It, it sounds like by making it a priority, uh, that's a step. Uh, you said that you sometimes take members with you, and I'm guessing some of those members may be leaders or uh, board members. But what other advice would you give to association professionals to help further this with the board? So I found that when, to your point, when you make it a priority, so when we're building our strategic plan or when we're building the strategy for our annual one of the measures of success is always differentiating. So we don't want our products and services or organization to be like everyone else's. So when you have that requirement of, okay, we can do that, but how do we do it differently? Or no one's doing that, so we should do it. When it's just wired in what it is you're you're shooting to do at the end of the day, people will support that. Um, It's also important to have a diverse group of members that you're working with because just having those different backgrounds encourages, you know, new ideas and and healthy debates. Priority piece of it, uh, but but you also said have expectations wired in. And I think that's important in that differentiation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, a lot of times when I'm with an association talking about strategy, the natural tendency is to look at what other competing associations are doing and do that. But it's Mm -hmm. already being done. So that 
that uniqueness and that that really creates value uh, in the market if there's not something already out there. So great, great thoughts there. How about um, the, the role of technology or a digital first mindset in association innovation? Does that play a role for you at all? And if so, what and how? It depends on the project. Um, so one of the coolest takeaways from our virtual town hall series is um, when we couldn't go to South by Southwest, they still had a virtual event. So we still sent those 10 or 12 members to that event. Um, and there were 200 some sessions and they captured great takeaways uh, for us. And then we had a virtual town hall where we talked about the seven buckets that South by, you know, talked about and how it related to our industry. Um, what we learned from that was we could exponentially reach more of our members than just you know sharing it at our, our state of the industry. So we could come right back the next week, share it with the virtual town hall uh, series and get that information to our members immediately. So great lesson that we will definitely connect to everything that we do if we're out and about virtual town hall series after so we can you know reach as many members as we can. It also allows us to have members in Asia um, or something like that that we may not have been able to brought to bring to our, our annual event, but we can capture them by having a call at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. so that everyone can participate. That increased reach has been huge uh, in, in the midst of the pandemic and not just for uh, any association, but especially for those associations who are global, uh, like yours are. And we've seen that we can do things and reach uh, new segments of our membership. One of the things that I like that you're doing, though, in your work is that you're modeling for members mm -hmm. about the importance of innovation. And so I'm guessing that, that as they're watching PMA work, they're probably getting a takeaway, which is we need to be innovating uh, as, as well, too. And I'm guessing that some of your work is about helping them innovate in, yes. in what they, how they do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm especially interested in your internal innovation council. What is it and how does it work and what gains have you realized? Okay, so uh, the official name is the Internal Innovation Center. Ick is what one of our staff members said. Hey, did you realize <laughs> Ick? Um, roll with it. We're going with it is what we said. Um, so it is four to five staff members of PMA, um, diverse group, um, anywhere from anyone who's been there 20 plus years to someone brand new, um, just because we want to have that diversity of thought. Our mission is to excite and encourage staff to submit ideas that can help our members or our internal operations and culture. Um, I mentioned our process when we first started it, which was, you know, get every single idea you can out on this board. We got 200 of them. Um, and so obviously we're still sorting through those 200 ideas. And what's so cool is ideas that didn't work two years ago, pre-COVID, it's like, oh, now's a perfect time, you know, to try things like that. Um, so we do everything from have monthly activities to encourage creativity and just to shake your mind up with brain teasers to we share tools um, at our all staff meetings. So things like um, the six thinking hats is one of our favorite tools so that when you when you're brainstorming and it's, you know, what are the ideas? And someone starts saying that idea isn't going to work. You say this is green hatting. We're not ready for black hats yet. We'll get to the black hats. That's an important part, but not yet. Um, so just sharing tools like that to help them with brainstorming. 
um, to just being a resource. You know, when you're trying to get a, a new idea through the organization and you're getting friction, we are happy to help them, you know, tweak the, the approach that they have or work with them to get the idea through the organization or just share ideas and serve as a shoulder for them to tap into when they need it. So you mentioned there's five people. Uh, mm-hmm. on, on this group, how were they selected? And does that group rotate at all? Or this is a, a core group whose, whose job it is just to help innovation along? Mm-hmm. So the first group, it does rotate to answer that question. We've had two groups so far. Uh, the first group was our CFO, who's our head of um, HR as well. So we wanted to make sure you know it was really woven throughout the organization what we do. Um, and then the rest of the group we knew were high performers who were super creative, had a process mind too. So you have to balance both of those, both sides of the brain um, to make sure it was successful. Um, and then, you know, we rotated off as, as people got more responsibility and welcome anyone who was interested. So we wanted to make sure it was diverse. So, you know, if we had several women, we wanted to make sure we had a guy in uh, and things like that. So diverse and it does rotate. So as we wrap up here, how do you keep yourself going as the innovation master? And this is part of your job. How do you keep yourself going and your enthusiasm up so that you can keep everybody else charged up as well? It is really about having a great team. You know, when someone is like, you know, this is my crunch time, I'm exhausted. Um, there's another person who's like, my crunch time's over, you know, let's get back to it. We can do this. Um, so really just making sure you have a strong team who's willing to pick up when others don't have the energy or the time or whatever the case may be. Um, but also having the, the support from our top that, that tells us it is so important for you to be taking this time. That is why we're giving a week, you know, a day a week, every single week, uh, to make the time. So that, uh, no meetings Monday, which is turned into tune in Tuesday because everyone said we rather have Monday for team, you know, build for the week time. Uh, those tune in Tuesday days are so important um, because it just gives you time to focus and be creative. You mentioned something that we discovered in research we did with Loyalty Research Center last year, and that is you have to have the support from the top. That's a huge piece of it. So if any listeners are interested in learning more about what it takes to build a strong innovation culture, you can go to associationinnovation.today to download that full report. Ebony, it's been my pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you, Mary. I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. 